Welcome to the Athlete Peeps Podcast with your host, Mark Farnell. Hello, Athlete Peeps, and welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about having a need for speed. That's right, we're talking with David Braswell and Erica Canales, who are track and field experts. They are co-owners of Outright Fitness. They were collegiate track and field athletes. And they are current masters track and field athletes in 200 meters, 800 meters, triple jump. So they've got a lot of experience with speed workouts, conditioning workouts, and they really know their stuff. And it's so applicable to all athletes. As much as some of us may not like to run, they're the ones that can teach us how to do it efficiently and properly so they can get the most out of our sports. It's a great conversation. We held it at their facility in Austin, Texas. Wonderful place. You're going to hear some action going on. You're going to hear some bass going from their music. You're going to hear people coming and going. That's kind of why I love it because it shows how alive the place is when we got together on this Saturday morning. So please enjoy this conversation with David Braswell and Erica Canales. So where I thought we would start is doing some research on you, David, uh, got on your bio, and uh, what stood out to me was the first thing at the very top of your bio, and so why is mindset written right at the very forefront of your bio? Because I believe that, I guess, I mean, over time, I've been training for, I've been coaching and training for over 10 years, and the underlying hurdle that I've seen with no matter if it's adults or, or or youth, no matter if it's fitness, goal-oriented, or sport-specific, like people's mindset and their approach about things is always the struggle. That's I mean, as far as what I see. Do you have, for that person who can be molded right from the get, do you have a structure, do you have a way to kind of get them? I honestly through? don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I think some coaches are very good at, you know, kickstarters. They're, like, they're very good at motivating people. I feel like I'm good at identifying um, whether or not someone has, you know, their mindset's not in the right place. And I, and I can coach them, you know, kind of coach them along on how they should think about things and approach things. Um, so, um, I guess my, my, my approach to that is... is they may not be as aware of, of how I approach that. Like I may put someone who has the wrong mindset. Like, like for example, I may get a guy who um, his first time in a sprint workout, I see he's very ego driven, you know, and he wants to be first and he wants to be up front and he wants to do all the sprints all out full speed. I'll purposely put him in back, you know, or I'll purposely put him like, I'll start him three seconds after everyone else. You know, and I may not explain that to them because I mean, what I've noticed is people aren't, not many people will be open to that because they think they have the right mindset, you know. And so instead of getting in that battle with them, I just kind of do it on my own. Yeah, that's the challenge, right? So yeah. everyone comes in thinking they know yeah. everything yeah. and then trying to learn yeah. a new way, a new strategy. Yeah. But then, you know, you also have those people that, that come in with a mindset that I can't do this. So I'm not even going to try. Yeah. And so, you know, David, I know that you have a lot of. I guess interactions with that, and and, and, yeah. and how you struggle with with not being sucked into that mindset yourself. Yeah. You know, as a coach, it, it's it's hard. It's hard to to say, okay, 
this person says, I don't, I can't do it, so I'm giving up, I'm gonna go sit down. And as a coach, we say, how do we, how do we? So what is the plan of attack with that? So what do you do? So we, we, we modify, it's like, okay, so you can't, you can't do another uh, deadlift, you know, lift, or you can't do another 200, so okay, so maybe, can you do 100? You know, so that they can, or, or do a 50. We modify, we modify the, what, whatever activity that they're doing so that they can at least finish and, and, and grow that mindset like, okay, I need to finish with something. Yeah. Or if we're lucky enough that day, like today is a prime example, if we're lucky enough, we can easily highlight somebody in that same group who is older than they are or who is more overweight than they are to kind of take away that excuse. Like, well, you can't do it, why not? Oh man, well I'm old, this guy behind you is 63. <laughs> you know, why, he can do it, why can't you do it? You know, or, or well look at this person, you know, she's, you know, she's, y'all about the same body type. You know, and, and ultimately it comes down to, you don't have to be first. You know, you don't have to dominate the workout and, and, and be the superstar. You can do it to a degree, you know, just be okay with your with where you are. So I see that the way your gym is set up, it's, it's rather wide open. There's lots of people training at one time. And so they're all kind of moving amongst each other, meanwhile doing different workouts, yeah. potentially. Yeah. So was that done on purpose for exactly this reason? Yeah. So then they could kind of see yeah. the different demographics walking around and doing different things? That was exactly, well, you know, our intention primarily for that was in contrast to like a, a class group setting, um, you know, something that's more individualized or, or semi-private training or personal training, um, the, the person can go at their own pace. You can lift as much weight as you want, as little as you want, you can sprint as fast as you want or as slow as you want, and you don't necessarily have that person next to you or in front of you kind of maybe encouraging that feeling of, well, I'm underperforming. You know, you can, you can focus on, on where you are and what you're doing. And not to say that groups are a bad thing, but doing semi-private type work definitely, doing individualized training definitely encourages people to get comfortable with their level of performance and focus on them. Yeah, and so, and so you may have people doing different workouts together, but but I think it's in a sense it motivates them to to see well they're still jumping you know they're, they're you know a non-athlete that can jump you know I should be able to do that jump you know and I should be able to do better or come in with that mindset that that I'm gonna you know kill this workout whether whether it's just finishing it or you know getting a PR today. And, and, and you know, with, with, with the workout with the workout programs being individualized, we're able to kind of teach them. You know, we can stop and work on a specific drill, or we can stop and work on the mechanics of a deadlift. You know, and, and modify it if we need to. You know, until they feel comfortable with what they're doing. So do you do that with? Uh, I mean, does that happen a lot with your athletes? I mean, do you have to like? Do you have a? basketball player who was pulling a deadlift for the first time is like uh, absolutely hell now absolutely yeah, yes. I, mean, yeah, I mean maybe not mentally uh, but we, we have I mean you know we need to work with our athletes a lot of the times to, to make small corrections and adjustments here and there our athletes I, I mean our athletes typically don't have the mindsets of of like I can't do it most of the times with well it depends with, with, with some of the younger female athletes and some of the younger male athletes that are inexperienced, yeah, they're more subconscious. 
um, the older athletes, not so much the older athletes, they a lot of times need to be held back. You know, a lot of times they think that they're stronger than what they actually are. You know, and so they'll try to load as much weight on the bar as they can and move it by any means necessary and their form is jacked up. And, and they want to do it because their peers next to them are doing it. You know, so like, well, they don't want to look weaker than them, so they try to load and lift the same amount of weight. So mindset can go both ways. It can be, I can't do this, or it can be thinking a little bit too highly of themselves, you know, than what they actually are. Yeah, we definitely see it here. I mean, like you said, I think a lot of it does come, like with the females, you know, when we talk about sprinting, because that's one of our niche um, sprinting, a lot of the females say, well, I, 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 I don't sprint, you know. Especially I, if they're like a, you know, distance runner, mid-distance runner. Yeah, and it's like, well, you can jog, and then you can jog a little faster, right? And yeah. it's like, yeah, well, that's, that's the form of sprinting. So a lot of what we're doing is, is a lot of that education, that one-on-one -on -one education, you know, through, through whether we're doing it semi-private or whether we're just people that are walking in here and, and have a different... I guess, uh, perception of what we do and what they can do. Yeah. So I think that's, we were talking a little earlier and I saw a guy with a t-shirt in here and it read, uh, no, everyone is not an athlete. And so we kind of talking a little bit about an athlete and what that is. So can you kind of tell me how that shirt was born? That shirt was, uh, you it's know. David. It's all David's <laughs> idea. You know, I, I, you know, I read one of Greg Glassman's um, articles, and and th for those of you out there, Greg Glassman is the owner of uh, CrossFit. You know, and and while I don't, I don't practice CrossFit. I, I definitely respect. You know, we talk about I respect their marketing. Their 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 marketing hustle behind that brand is phenomenal. And anyways, I you know, I was reading Greg Glassman. One of my coaches was was. In, involved in CrossFit back in his infancy and Greg Glassman uh, made a statement that said one of his statements was we can do what they can do but they can't do what we can do you know uh, I don't agree with that and, you know and, and then you know and and and, and uh, everyone feeling like they're an athlete you know and that kind of being like yeah everyone's an athlete and you know because we did this workout and I'm like no and everyone everyone's not an athlete I mean you don't you don't just automatically get that title I feel like and you don't, if I take a science class, I'm not a scientist, you know? <laughs> you know, it doesn't make me a scientist. You know, I think there's a, there's a certain mindset and there's a certain lifestyle that goes into being an athlete. And not to belittle someone and say that they can't become one, but I don't think you just get that title, you know? So, do you consider your people here, are they athletes? Or like, when do you cross over? Like, when do you go? For not being an athlete to being an athlete like when does that happen i think i think a lot of it is consistency and coming in here and putting in the work and i think i think it starts there because you know when we say you know we're athletes because we're alive we're, we're committed it, it is our work our lifestyle what we do we work out we train like we're athletes i mean what we've been doing since we were four years old we still are doing now um and we try to be consistent and we try to keep working hard um, and when we see that in our, in, in our members, then, uh, then we say, okay, so yes, you, you can, you've progressed now into just to being an athlete or an athletic quality. You know, I think the tricky question, the tricky answer to that is like, well, what about the person who, who's, who goes to 24 hour fitness and gets on the treadmill and does the, the, the aerobics class every day? Are they athletes? You know, like, uh, no. <laughs> 
it's, it's so like, yes, I, you know, lifestyle, I feel like it's definitely a person who has, who has incorporated, you know, exercise and fitness with a, and I guess you, you have to incorporate a competitive element into that. And when they've taken that on as, as um, not just a lifestyle, but just that mindset, um, that mindset of I am training, I'm training for something, you know, and it doesn't have to be a, like, a, like a collegiate sport or a professional sport, just training for it. It can be training for a community event. It could be training for your local gym's assessment day. I mean, just that mindset of, you know, I have a goal and these are the steps I'm going to take to get there and and I'm going to consume myself, not consume myself, but I'm really going to... Focus. Yeah, focus and, and take this on. and Because um, I, I don't want to define athleticism as being an athlete as any particular sport, although I am biased to sprinting, and I'm, but I'm, <laughs> you know, but I'm also biased to, I, I love boxing. You know, I don't want to take, I don't want to make it be about the sports that I'm only interested in, you know. So with that being said, I, I kind of have to say, you know, it's, it's just in general, it's that it's a competitive mindset and it's, it's a lifestyle you know mindset so you may have hit on something maybe it's it's having something to reach for something on the calendar something that I go after you mentioned earlier as far as you know have, having the apple bottom or having yeah, what, what, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. So, so the aesthetics really don't yeah. build into you know yeah. building a, a quality athletic yeah. mindset right. Right, and and you know, a bodybuilder may disagree. Eh. <laughs> you know, whatever. But you know, personally, like like as a, at this very moment, you know, we don't yet have a track meet on our calendar. But when we train, we're training with that mind. We're think we're training with that thought process of I want to increase my power. I want to increase my strength so that I can increase my power and my speed. You know. So, so we, we still have that in mind, you know, while we don't have anything on the calendar just yet. Um, so yeah. there's always that competitive element. So, yeah. well, let's talk about that. So track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are the events? And then what, what's, what's in the future for, for, for both of you? Like uh, what, what are you trying to get on the, the docket here to, to train for? I just want to be a badass. <laughs> no, I mean our our goal is is to be more competitive, to to, part, to do a lot more track meets this year. Um, and so we like David said, while we don't have a specific date in mind, we know that summer there's plenty of summer opportunities. What are your uh, events? Uh, mine are the 400 and 200. Endurance. Well, I mean, we're pretty much the same. I mean, 400, 200. Um, more so 200 because 400 sucks to train for. <laughs> it, it, it sucks. And why is that? It, because it's, it's butt luck every every almost every workout. It, it's a lot of the training with 400 meters um, in g- itself is just g- give give us an example. What's a what's a what's a t- typical 400 workout? So you know, if I was a 100 meter sprinter, I don't need to run anything over 300 meters in my training. You know, um, rarely am I going to run anything over 300 meters or even at 300. You know, the 100 would be more so about acceleration and technique of the start. You know, 200 is, is a little bit of that and plus some stamina. 400 is a lot less about the start and is more about stamina, speed endurance, which means I have to at least go 400 primarily in my training workout. So you're talking about 600s, you're talking about 800s, a lot of 300s and the short stuff. And, and so those, 
the longer the distance, the more the recovery, the longer your workout. You know, so, you know, your, your 100 meter guys, they had the opportunity to, and I'm a little jealous of the workouts, but you know, their workouts are, are, you know, a couple seconds here and there, six seconds, 10 seconds, 400 meters, you're, you're, you're talking about everywhere from, you know, 30 seconds to um, two minutes, you know, if you're doing something like 600 meters or, you know, 800 meters. So it's just, it's just long and body weight becomes more of a factor, you know, so the, the, the less efficient you are in terms of height to weight ratio, the more it's going to suck. And being an older athlete, you're not being, not being college age, you know, not having a strict of a diet plays, <laughs> plays a factor. You want to talk a little bit about that? How's the diet these days? You know, um, <laughs> I mean, very we opportunistic. Try, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we try to, too. Our, our, you know, our diet is our... our we're eating. conscious. We're, we're, we're conscious. very conscious. You know, we, we don't have a strict. Do you have a certain style or plan that you try and follow? Pancakes every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, really, we we don't. I mean, we're not very strict, and 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 that's what we do. I mean, we're we're we don't we don't say we are on a diet. I mean, we just eat what we like, and we moderate. Yeah. We moderate. Mm-hmm. So you know, we 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 just had a burger, you know, two nights ago. But then that means why we're we're mindful of that, and and we try to eat a little better. Mm-hmm. You is know. it more calorie based or is it just because what we like I, I, yeah. I think it's, it's strictly I guess you could say macros in a sense in a general sense like I, and we're very aware like I'm first of all we're very active you know so you know seven in, seven in the morning which is late for us but seven in the morning you know we did a sprint workout but we haven't ate a meal yet you know I had a cup of coffee so bodybuilders would call that fasted cardio I guess you know and it's it's ten o'clock I won't we won't get a break until maybe 11, until we eat our first real meal. So in, in our heads, I know I have the leeway to not be carb conscious. Like I don't need to go low on carbs because I haven't ate yet, you know, but we've been extremely active. And so my thought process for my first meal is going to be pancakes. <laughs> it's going to be pancakes. Already dreaming of it. It's going to, it's going to be, you know, okay, multi-green pancakes. We're going to do some avocado, and I'm going to make sure I get some protein in with that meal. You know, and then... All the other meals based off that, I'm definitely not worried about overeating. I'm definitely not worried about that. Uh, you know, all I'm worried about is making sure I get enough protein in for the rest of the day. If I'm hungry, I eat. You know, and we don't eat. We try to stay from fried foods. We try to stay away from, you know, alcoholic beverages, things like that. So, in that sense, we do have a, have a sort of a scheme. But in the general, you know, in the big scheme of things, you know, like we don't. Yeah, we don't subscribe to any particular diet. Really, we're just very mindful to uh, as how we eat. Yeah. Yeah. So I just learned that this place just popped open three months ago. So what's been the biggest challenge getting this place going to where you want it to go and, you know, servicing the athletes the, the best way that you, you want to? Our biggest challenge in the past three months really has just been to keep up. Um, and not to say that it's been an easy time being here, but I think... I think for the past three months for us, it's easier because we transitioned out of, uh, we had a, a, a previous gym facility that we expanded out of. Um, and so it's been a long journey that we just kind of snowballed into this larger facility. And um, we made some partnerships really early on. And so we're just, we're just our challenge is really keeping up and not growing too fast, too soon. Yeah, and, you know, and, and we talk a lot about awareness 
um, kind of making people being aware of who we are in our training style. Like we, we say, you know, we, we train everyone like athletes. Yeah, we talked about that. And so how, you know, how we convey that to the public, meaning that anyone can do it, but, you know, you're going to come here to work hard. Um, and that's that's been a challenge, the educational component. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, how, how do we how do we convey that that you can do it? You know, you can sprint, you can lift, and you and for women, it's like you're going to lift, but you're not going to get bulky. You know. Yeah. So what's a good what's a good first step for someone? So because this is what happened, right? And this is this is athletes. This is this is anybody. Yeah. So. I, I meet you two at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. and we have a conversation. So what, what can I do where I, I feel those butterflies mm-hmm. rise inside? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh hell no, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, 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 these people are crazy. So what, what can I do? What can I read? What, what, like, how can I dip my toe in the pool and start to understand? Like, because what, so, what you got going on here yeah. is this can't be mm-hmm. summed up in a couple yeah. sentences. I mean, it's it's impossible. And, that, yeah. and that's what you know. I think our our first answer typically always is come try it out. Because there's there's nothing that we can say, and there's very little that you can read that can truly convey what we do. You know, if anything, you know, people may go back and look up. If you probably put in a, a internet search of athletic training, whatever comes up will probably be intimidating. Or you know, more intimidating to the fact that someone may say, "I can't do that," you know. And so, our you know, I think the best approach is just to say, "Come try us out," and maybe even better, bring a buddy so you're not by yourself. So you and you and someone you feel comfortable with can come in and try us out, you know. And then just trust that I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> trust that we're not going to kill you on day one, you know. Trust that training like an athlete more so highlights the progressive approach that athletes train with and not a zero to 60 on day one, make you throw up on day two. You know, that's not training like an athlete, you know, but the only way you'll experience that is just by giving us a try. And unfortunately, with that being said, there's a lot of other coaches that ruin it for us. There's a lot of trainers in the market that kind of ruin it for us where, you know, they, they may program, they say they program sprint training or athletic style training and it's not. And so a lot of people's first taste of sprinting or training like an athlete, athletic style training isn't a good, this is not a good impression. So that makes it even harder for us, so. So that kind of takes me to the next question. So now I'm an athlete and I'm training for something. Mm-hmm. So I've been burned, I've, I, I think I've got the, the best program going. Like how, how do you open up my mind to seeing different sides? How do I trust when you, slap these bands on me yeah. or you have me hopping on one foot like mm-hmm. like how do I know I gotta trick you <laughs> <laughs> hey come in for an assessment you know we just want to talk and you just do like a little profile just a little analysis and next thing you know you're working out yeah. you know it, it really it straight up I mean you know you come in you think you're coming in for just a little questionnaire see the space if you have if you have workout shoes on, and then you see some people who look like you, and or you see some people who are less fit, a little more fit, and you don't feel so intimidated, and you meet the trainers here, the coaches, and you talk to us, okay, these guys aren't crazy, like all right, and you, and you would feel more comfortable, and then hopefully you'll all right, yeah, I'll, I'll try to do a little workout, you know, and normally after that, after someone experiences one of our workouts, they understand like okay, their approach is different from what I've experienced before. You know, we're not trying to we're not trying to whip you into shape in 30 days. 
you know, like 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 they get that boot then, camp style. Yeah, it's not it's not boot camp style, and some people may want that, and we'll tell them like, well, that we're not that. We're not we're not trying to transform your body in thirty days. Like that's not it. We're, we ultimately would like for you to learn something. We want you to be empowered. We want you to develop something that you can carry on long term. How do athletes react in like the first week? I mean, what is the usual response? I mean, typically it's, it's a positive response because we, we, we've created a community feel. Um, you know, when you come in, there's, there's people that, that may look like you and people that, that are general fitness that don't look like you. But, but all in all, I mean, you walk in and we know your name. We say hi to you or, you know, and um, it's so a, a lot of people that first week, they, they get a feel for that. And they say that that's never part of, you know, their training before, mm-hmm. that, that community feel that we actually care in a sense. Um, and then, of course, you know, having being able to to, you know, talk trash, talk shit with you know with other, the other athletes in here. I think I think that they like that. They, yeah. they like that. They really like that. You know, because um, working out with John and Jamal next to you, those those guys, you know, like and especially the younger athletes or the older athletes, like they love that. Then you know that that's very motivational. Um, and then on in addition to that, you know, we're very structured. You know, so different from like a boot camp, everyone has their athletic workout profile either on our app or in their hand in a folder. You know, so the college athletes feel like they're back in school, you know, or the pros feel like they're actually doing something that their coaches, you know, program, you know, that's the way that they train. And then the, the non-athletes that's new for them, they appreciate the, the journaling. Like they see the value in, okay, that these guys are really, you know, we're tracking everything that we're doing. You know, we're, we're progressing every few weeks, you know, and like, they learn, okay, this is how athletes train. Like, they really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. And, and what they see when we track, and especially the non-athletes when they're, we're tracking them and they're seeing that they're getting stronger, you know, that that's really empowering and really motivating to them. So that's, you know, that's always yeah. a, an awesome thing for us. So you mentioned uh, sprint training is kind of your, your thing that you do here. Yeah. I've done very minimal sprint training myself, and I, I know every – Sprint coach uh, always like rolls their eyes at that. So, uh, could you just tell like a why any athlete needs to have sprint training, and then what a workout like that would kind of look like to them? Yeah. So I mean, any athlete. There's a, athletes need, you know, power, speed, agility. Um, with sprint training, you're training those components. For, for people who really value in, and I, we wouldn't suggest like a, a, a true beginner, somebody that's coming from the couch and trying to start their fitness journey. We wouldn't we wouldn't suggest them jump into sprint training, you know. But someone who's ready for it, someone who's already, you know, say intermediate level or more advanced in weightlifting, and they're already doing some like high intensity style training. Um, for them, it's great cross training. It's it's is synonymous with weightlifting. You know, it's it's fast twitch you know, activation. Um, it is human movement to the fullest in terms of coordinating power and strength and upper and lower body. Um, is, so those those factors are, are things that a lot of individuals don't get, you know, when you're just doing something that's bilateral, like a squat or a deadlift. Even people say they want to move better, like typically that's what it is. You know, whether you're talking about being able to play flag football with your kids or, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, being able to move the way we used to as kids playing tag. You know, I mean, they're doing agility, they're doing sprints, they're jumping, you know, they're catching. That is like athletic movement, you know, summed up. So what would a typical workout 
Like, what, what would it look like? For a beginner, starting out? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm an athlete, mm-hmm. and I've never had sprint training before, mm-hmm. and so I've got some conditioning, mm-hmm. and I've been playing ball, so, you know, how, what would you do with me? It depends if you're on the track or inside, but, you know, a typical track workout, I mean... It, it could be, you know, it could be something like, you know, we can say time equivalent, or like walk out, measure out approximately 20 yards, you know, and it could be doing some light accelerations for five sets going over 20 yards, walking back in between, you know, take like two, three minutes rest after that, and then your next set of five, turning it up a notch, you know, and maybe going like 80%, you know, for that second set. And depending on how you feel, if your legs are fried after that second set, then we say shut it down, you know, you're done. You know, if you still feel good and you feel like you're still warming up, then do a third set. For those more experienced athletes, we would suggest, you know, timing those runs so that you can control the intensity and the quality of those runs. So you're not aimlessly running. A lot of times people go wrong with sprints is they jump out and they run full speed. And then their rest, they, they, they don't have a rest. You know, they run full speed and they, they run back to the start line, they go again, and eventually sprinting turns into jogging, you know. So we always tell people, make sure you're taking adequate rest and make sure you're able to really control um, and know what the intensities are when you're sprinting. Are they coming out of blocks or are you, no? No, no. no. Yeah. no we don't, yeah, yeah, we don't ever use blocks for our sprint training. Yeah. Because again, we want them to be for everyone and not intimidating. So yeah. we start getting people out in spikes and, and blocks. It's like, well, then who's gonna show up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you, you, you jump out on a, on, a, on, a, on a grass field somewhere, you measure out two points, you, if you timed it, you jog down, it takes you 20 seconds. That was your jog. So you know, okay, that was my jog. You do a couple of those, you feel warm. So anything faster than 20 is gonna be pushing a sprint. Cause a lot of people really don't know, well, what is a sprint? So you time them. Your jog, it took you 20 seconds. So now you give yourself a goal and you say, all right, so this set, when I start sprinting, I'm gonna try to get down there in 15 seconds. You know, 15 seconds, you see how that felt. You know, you feel like your lungs are about to explode. Maybe you go back up to 18, 20 seconds. <laughs> If 15 seconds felt good and sustainable, then try to be consistent and try to do a couple sets at 15 seconds. Take a rest and then do your second set. Nice. So now moving from sprint workouts just to everything you got going on here. For you guys personally, favorite lift workout, least favorite workout? I've taken the liking on it of deadlifts. Liking, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've taken a real strong liking to deadlifts. Um, uh, I just, I I probably started deadlifting maybe straight bar. Yeah, yep. Maybe three. No, I mean five years ago. Yeah, five years ago, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, when I first started deadlifting, I was, I remember, I I think I PR'd like three. I was like maybe one 180 pounds, 175 pounds, and I deadlifted 335. My back was trash for like you know months, (laughs) but I, I don't for whatever reason I liked it. Um, kept doing it, and um, I did a powerlifting meet. I did a powerlifting meet last uh, year, and I maxed out at 50 something, 501, 50 something. You know, and I don't know. I just really like it. Least favorite? Pull ups. Nah. I guess core work. I mean, I know it's oh. valuable, but I, <laughs> core work is boring. I mean, it's you know, it's any and all. Yeah, it's boring. I, I appreciate it. I know the value in it, you know, having a strong core and whatnot. It's just, you know, it's almost like stretching. I know it's needed, you know, but it's just, I'd rather do other stuff. Yeah, and for me, um, I like the hand clean, the hand clean, um, or the power clean, however you want to Could you give a 
brief description of what that is? Um, so the hand clean for me is, is use a bar, you use power to kind of get under it. You bring it up and you get under it. I don't know, it's hard to explain. So t taking it from above the knee? From Yeah, so from a, you bend over just slightly so that you, your position is kind of slightly bent and the bar is like slightly over or below your knees. And then you use your power to lift, you use your shoulders, I guess you could say, shoulders, power, and then you get you get underneath it. it you come, come down and you're kind of in a somewhat of a squat position. Uh, not not a low squat, but just a, a like, like a quarter squat. Yeah, it, it's, it's 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 basically like a hip hinge movement that a lot of people have grown uh, have liked from the the whole kettlebell craze, you know. And a lot of the you know a lot of general fitness they don't realize that you know hip hinging is what cleans are. Um, and so Erica, for whatever reason, she prefers to to power clean than just a regular clean from the ground. Uh, um, she prefers to catch it high. Um, but she's 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 good at it and um, but you know for us as power athletes as sprinters it works it works for us yeah you know? because it generates power and, and, I, and I like how much power I can generate using my hand clean yeah totally. so and the least favorite for me is pull-ups pull-ups pull yeah. yeah I mean I, I I'm, I'm, she's for, good at them. I'm good at them but but I I, I hate them with a passion Hate it with a passion, but we, you know, that's something that like same thing with core work. That's something that we do. Uh, we do. We try to do pull-ups every workout. Yeah. No, why? Why don't you like them? I mean, it's just the whole effort. You know, the whole process. It takes. They take forever. <laughs> you know, and they take forever for you to see improvements because it took me what like two two, two years. years for me to actually do more than two. You know, I'm up to like my almost twenty now. 17, I think that's Start being patient with pull-ups. Yes. yes, yes, and it's just that whole process is, and then just hanging there and then lifting yourself up, and then once you're tired, you know, you're, you know, you might be tired at five, but then you're trying to do a set of 15 or 20, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> um, any unique recovery methods you guys use here? Do you have your athletes do anything different? Like stretching. Uh, unique. Not really. Not, not, not unique in the, in the sense that no one else in the world's doing it, mm -hmm. but unique in the sense that you it's just something that you guys feel passionate about that you think your athletes have to kind of subscribe to and um, at least. Um, if you count flexibility is, is recovery, is, is a form of recovery. I mean, we're big on, uh, I know some people aren't big on stretching. Um, we're big on, on flexibility, you know, whether we're talking about dynamic stretching before your workouts and dynamic and static after your workouts um, we're big on that we our warm-ups are almost longer you know than than not longer but they're almost some people's workout as far as how long it takes and for recovery um, we may have athletes come in and just warm up and go through mobility and flexibility movements um, yeah, yeah but yeah but you know when people come in here the expectation is that they know the warm-up is which is a lot of dynamic stretching and then when they're done there's also that component like you're going to stretch a little bit more but we, we don't we don't have any like no for our higher athletes that are competing like ice baths you know if, if you're doing hard sprint workouts or, you know we will we're we're big believers in ice baths or epsom salts so still cringe with ice baths yeah. Yeah. I, 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 i'm i vote ice bath over cryotherapy yeah. for just uh, cryotherapy seems too short 
for me. You got an explanation of what cryotherapy is? Using using you know liquid nitrogen, you know, to cool the the, the body down. For you're in this tank for about three minutes, I believe, three minutes max. You have some like wool gloves on and shoes, and you're not completely stripped down. And you're you're basically like like the demolition man for those who have seen <laughs> you know that movie. You're in this tank, you know, your head is exposed, maybe some of your shoulders, and you're you're freezed, you know, um, and flash frozen. Yeah, flash frozen, <laughs> you know, damn near, but. And it's very cold. You get cold, and, and, and you, of course, you know, you get that the effects of cold therapy. But there's something about an ice bath for me. Maybe it's tradition. I don't know. But something about getting in a tub of ice for 15 minutes until your your toes are numb. <laughs> you know, I don't know. There's something about it. I don't know. I, I just my preference. I prefer a nice bath after I've done a hard lactic workout, which it hasn't been recent. But when I've done them, I'm a big proponent of ice baths. And you do those here? No. No, no. no. We, we just tell them, go home and do it. <laughs> you know, buy yourself some bags of ice and just... Do you think a lot of them do? Uh, <laughs> at a higher level, higher level, yeah. I do. Yeah. But, but, I mean... At Texas State, we had a cold whirlpool, cold compressed whirlpool, like a wine chiller. You know, and after strike practice, we'd all sit in the whirlpool, and like, that was painfully cold. You know, but, you know, the, it, it, it helps, you know, it definitely helped with reducing that inflammation after a hard workout and after all that impact, you know, from jumping and, you know, just striking the ground. But, yeah, that's it. No, no really fancy or unique recovery methods. No hanging upside down or nothing like that. <laughs> nothing crazy, you just, know. Just stretch, you know, do yoga if you can. I mean, but otherwise just watch do you guys video. Do yoga? Um, she does yoga. <laughs> I don't do it as much as I need to, but yes, I do. I do just because I, I, I'm really tight. I'm a really tight athlete, you know, and when I run and I sprint, I feel that. And so I like uh, to stretch, too. I just don't when I when I'm taking yoga, I like to do the stretches that I like. But you haven't gone to the right class. I, that's I don't, why. I don't like doing all the other stretches. That's another one that's hard to navigate. How many different yogas? I don't. There. I don't need my arms to wrap around three times around themselves. Like I don't feel like I don't need. You know, I want to stretch you know, my hips. I want to do certain stretches and stay there. I don't want to do all the other stretches. So that's what I mean. Yeah, that's my only hangup about yoga. See, there's so much out there. So much out there. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to keep you guys all day. Um, so if, if someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, maybe ask you a question about all this stuff, we went through quite a bit of uh, information today. Like, what's the best way that they can hit you up? Email. Email. I'm hey. horrible. I'm horrible with text. Email. You're uh, old school. Yes. I mean, so, so. I just, it's amazing. That's old school now. It's, it's crazy. absolutely old school now. Well, I, I guess I'll say this. I mean, you. I'm good with email. You can even message, you know, Instagram, you know. Just hit us on the DM. On, they, <laughs> that's the popular language yeah. lingo now. But, yes, yeah, like Instagram, Instagram, I'd write Yes, yeah. David Braswell, uh, you know, at Facebook or, or Instagram, and I'll eventually check it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't message him directly. Message Outright Fitness. So you don't pop up right away where you usually get back within an hour or two? No, you're, no, you're no. Just not that. no. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'll read it, and I'm probably doing something when I read the text or whatever, and then I'll put my phone down, and an hour later I'll forget that I got the text. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's like three, four days later, oh, shit, I didn't respond to that message. Yeah, that's why we have set up our email system to, so that emails go to all of us so that I'm the one that typically responding to those emails because, you know, David forgets, forgets, and... 
know, that's the reality of, of running a business. So, yeah. Yes. Is it, are there any, um, you know, for, for anyone listening out there trying to get to the level that you're getting athletes here, do you have any any resources, things where they can do right now to uh, start heading down that path? For, for, for people who are wanting to train athletes, I say one guy that I looked up is uh, Dan Path. It's for, for track and field, but not just track and field. Like Path, P-A-T-H? P-F-A-F-F. Okay. Um, he's not just track and field, but his training, training theory in general typically applies to most athletes. You know, strength, power, speed is, is, is very small differences um, across different disciplines. Um, so Dan Path, you can learn a lot from him. He's, he's, he's basically a scientist when it comes to physiology, when it comes to training athletes. Um, so whether you want to train someone on that level or not, you can always pull something from that. Um, he was my primary resource inspiration. Maybe looking up guys like Jim Colley. Jim Colley, uh, C-A-W. L-E-Y, just, you know, a lot of the older guys um, who's been training, got, you know, training. Is he track as well? He is, he is track as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he did a lot of medicine ball stuff. Um, he was the, the creator of the Dynamax ball. Nice. How about you, Eric? Anything? Um, I would say do research because like we, we've alluded to, there's a lot of, a lot of shitload of information out there and, you know, how do you decipher what's real and what's, what training you need. So make sure that you're doing your research that you're looking at. What um, uh, what sites or what, what would you recommend? Where do they go? Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you know, YouTube, YouTube as much as you can. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I specific have uh, any specific. Um, well, the challenge is there's just so much, right? There's yeah. so much, there's so much, and, and someone can go down right. It's so so can go down the wrong rabbit hole, and then it's hard to get back out of that rabbit hole. Ra- Ralph Mann is another one. Ralph Mann is a, is a, is a he calls himself like a biomechanist. Um, so M A N N. Yeah. So I, I say, find athletes and see who. When I say that, find pro athletes, top athletes who have had repetitive success, and see who's training them. And what kind of training? Oh, I like that. Is. Yeah, I like and, that. And see who's training them, and, and and follow and listen to those guys because there's a lot of experts out there. There's a lot of doctors, so and so's out there. Um, there's a lot of folks who will use the anatomical terminology, and you oh, this guy knows his shit. Uh, no, not really. You, you know, <laughs> there's a, there's a difference between knowing it and applying it. You know, there's a difference between training theory and actually what actually works. And so I just you know find those top guys and see who coaches them, and see who who do they who do they follow. I like going old school. I, I'm not really I, my guard is up more so with the new school you know trends. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Right. Well, David, Erica, thank you so much for being on the Athlete Peeps this morning. It's been great. Um, this is uh, this is awesome for anyone who's looking to you know take it to that next level and actually try and. Uh, make something uh, athletically and even if they're just trying to get off the couch thanks so much for having us thanks for your time we enjoyed it well thank you all right guys hey thanks for listening to the athlete peeps podcast today i realize you have many choices and i appreciate you spending your time here with me please subscribe and make sure you leave us a review and tell us how you think we're doing i certainly appreciate it now i want you to get after it go out there and be awesome see you next time